Okay, so today's message, we're going to jump right in. I've got a lot of scripture. It's going to feel like a Bible study. But uh, hopefully, if you guys want an outline of this when we're finished, I'm sure Steve and the, and the team here will get can get it to you if you want to look back at some of the scriptures. But the general uh, message today is we were all saved by grace. The Lord predestined us to live in this world, to be saved, and uh, what an honor and a privilege it is. But I'm as guilty as the next person I have been throughout my walk with the Lord of not being kind of worldly and earthly focused at times and not really kingdom focused. And this, you know, I'm no different than you. I'm I'm walking out my faith each and every day. And for the last, call it six months, the Lord, since I got up there and got settled, the Lord's really been pulling me in closer to him. Um, And he wants me to clean up, get ready to serve him in the coming days. So I'm going to go through this, and this is the times we live in. And I know Steve's doing a a series, Christ in Chaos. Boy, the world is in chaos. I don't have to tell you that. I could sit up here and rattle off about 20 things that are wrong just with the United States, right? Um, But, I mean, globally, it's a hot mess. And the Bible tells us that it will be a hot mess, right? I've done a lot of uh, teaching, studying. In Ezekiel, Revelation, all Bible prophecy, I've taught classes actually at work years ago, Bible study in the morning. We are absolutely living in the last days, right? And I think we need to sober up as a church and understand the hour in which we live, right? And uh, I know if you're like me, what's going on in the world is absolutely sobering. And we're seeing, we talk this, more chaos than ever before and more to come, right? If you know, if you know the scriptures, you know what's coming um, and you know who's coming. So each of us has a purpose in terms of our kingdom purpose, right? Why did God save us? Did he save us to accumulate wealth, you know, all these things? If he blesses you that way, great, but there's a reason why he wants you to be able, willing, and able to to serve him and to reach out and share your faith with others. So we have a gift, and Steve's talked about this over the years. You're born with a gift. Many of you in this audience today, you know what your gift is, and that's a good thing if you know what your gift is. You've unpacked the box. You know what the Lord has given you in terms of tools. And you're ready. You're ready to serve. And many of you have served your entire lives, whether it's in your family, here in the church, reaching people for Christ. I mean, I've had the privilege, I've t- I mentioned this over the years, speaking up here, to bring people into the kingdom. Didn't necessarily happen the way I thought it would. It never does, right? I had a couple of people say, I, wanna, I want what you have. And then, you know, close friends, and faces are kind of flashing through my head as I'm talking about it. It is an incredible honor and privilege to lead someone to Christ. And I've had that, that, and I'm sure many of you have done that. But if you haven't, there's going to be an opportunity for you to do things like that in the coming um, days, weeks, and months ahead, right? And we were saved to fulfill the purpose, 
And, and I'm going to show you some scripture today that says you can, you, we all have free will. And we can opt out of what God would like us to do. But I've gotten to a place in my walk where I don't really want to disappoint him. I've done enough of that in my lifetime. I haven't, you know, I, we're prisoners. The, the hymn we, struck me. Yeah, we were prisoners before we were saved. And I would argue that while in, a, in various points in our Christian life, as we walk it out, we get shackled with stuff, right? And we have things. We become prisoners of sin. And God's not coming back. Jesus is not coming back for a dirty church. The Bible says those that are alive, when he returns, we're going to be, what is the word? Spotless, blameless. So if that's the goal of the Lord, that's where the bar is set. We've got some of us, and I'm one of them. I'm going to tell you that right now. I've got some work to do. But I'll tell you, the first time in my life, I am sober to getting after that and making sure that I'm ready. So the self-assessment, I always like to start with this, and particularly in this message, because I think it's so appropriate. Do we know our purpose? Do you, for some of us, I'm going to be one of them. God's going to, God showed me 20 years what he wanted me to do in the last days. In fact, he told me, you're not going to retire. You may retire from your job, but you're not retiring because you're going to work for me. And I'm like, oh boy, I immediately got the Moses syndrome and I've had it for 20 years. Like, I'll do this, I'll jump up, and and I'll do, you know, and I love him, and I don't want to disappoint him, and I want to serve him, but he he wants me to do some stuff, and I'm like, Lord, you got to get me to a place where I'm comfortable with some of the stuff that you want me to do. So we're working through that. So we have to clean ourselves up. And this is something that John Brevere, I don't know if you're familiar with him, a tremendous speaker, author. Um, He has a book out, by the way. It's been out, I think, for over a year. It's called The All of God. And if you haven't heard of it, write that down and check it out. It is an incredible book. It talks about developing a healthy fear of the Lord. And, And Andrew and I were talking about this the other day. Andrew said, it's not... We can't be afraid of him. It's not about being afraid and trembling. It's about respecting who he is and what he has done for us. And as we walk through these days that we're living through, we have to realize that he wants to use us to reach others for Christ. Right? That is the purpose. And then he'll fine-tune what you're going to do, you know, if, if, if you're called to do something like that in terms of ministry, right? Some of you may not do, do that. You, you're, you're making a tremendous impact where you are today with your family and your friends. And if you're like me, I just mentioned it. We've got, you know, I've got brothers and sisters that don't know Jesus. And I mean, Andrew and I pray for them. We talk about it all the time. And now we're four and a half hours closer to them and we can get after some of that. But hating what he hates is really important. Do you hate the sin in your life more as much as he does? The Lord hit me with that one about six months ago. You're not going to change and draw close to me until you develop a hatred for this. 
Think about that. That's powerful stuff. Do we love what he loves? Do we love the word? Do we spend time in the word? Do we pray? Do you know you have to me? I'm getting up at 430 to spend time with him because if I don't do it early, it's not getting done. Because I've got too much going on between work and horses and everything else, feeding dogs. But you got to hate what he hates with a passion. And I'll tell you what, and I've turned the corner so I can tell you this. It's a beautiful place to be. Because you're not looking back. You're looking forward. You're looking at him. You're not looking back. Do you love what he loves? That's what he wants. He wants you to love what he loves. And do you have a healthy fear of the Lord? And I will tell you, I'm a big, I've been, and I've told you this before, I'm one of the biggest hardheads ever. God tell me something, okay, got it. Then I do what I want to do. And then I have to double back, back that road, and there's all kinds of pain and suffering, has been at times, depending on the magnitude of the decision. But you have to fear him. You have to respect him. You have to want to please him. And we should want to do that, right? So I think this is a a good place to start in terms of, uh, you know, self-assessment. So 139, I'm just going to run through some scripture. And these are, these are to remind us who we are, right? I think you'll like, you've, many of them you've heard before. Some you might not have. The Lord gave them to me. He did This is 100% from him. In the past years ago, when I started preaching, someone said, hey, you want to get up and give a message? And I go, yeah, sure. You know, and I'm thinking, okay, I'll figure out what to preach. I'll go dig out the scriptures and I'll, I'll pitch it. I'm a sales guy. I can do this. That's not how it works. As Frankie and, you know, other Steve, Mark, guys that, that you guys are blessed to listen to all the time. You got, you got to, the Lord tells you what he wants to speak about. And this is beautiful. This message really dovetails into what you guys are doing. So Psalm 139, you're not a mistake. All of your days are written in my book. Let that sink in. Psalm 25. In you, Lord, I put my trust. I trust in you. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me for you are God, my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. Folks, when you're all in, you want this. Right? We want this. You want, And in these days we're living in, you want to be under his wing. Right now, this is an incredible scripture. So Ecclesiastes, Solomon wrote it full of all kinds of cool stuff, the early chapters. But, you know, the story of Solomon, he's got his act together. He's one of the brightest guys ever to walk the earth. Right. Uh, Incredible. Uh, Loves God. And then he basically like I will tell you, my life is kind of similar to his. And the Lord reminded me, showed me that when I was doing this message, you just kind of walk away like, hey, I got it from here. Thanks. Thanks for punching my card to eternity, and I'm just going to check out, and I'm going to do my thing. Well, he did that, and it cost him pain, right? And then, in, this is the last book in Ecclesiastes 12, and this is where he's figured it out, and he's come back to the Lord, right? And he says, here's the conclusion of the matter, right? He's summing it up. Fear God. There's that fear God again, right? 
Don't take him for granted. And keep his commands, for this is the duty of all mankind. Psalm 25 again. And the Lord gave me this one a long time ago. And it's a good one. The Lord confides in those who fear him. Okay? He makes his covenant known to them. If you're, when you get to this place, you're in a really, really good place. And, I, and, and, and I've been there. There are various times I go in and out, in and out, but I'm there now 100%, all in. <clears throat> What's our response to that? Do I really trust God to guide me? If you're like me, the hard head that I've been throughout my life in my walk with Christ, you know, did I turn over when I needed to turn over in some pretty important times in my life? Not always, but uh, I'm there now. I'm there now. Am I teachable? Am I willing to listen? Take direction from him? Critically important. And I would tell you, this is, the, this is key, folks. The day we live in, what's going on around us. You know, if you're like me, you have friends that don't know Jesus, whether most of them work in the communities you live in. If you talk to them, they're absolutely rattled by what's going on in the world. Now, we are rattled too, right? I'm not going to minimize that. I mean, like I said, we could talk about 20 things just in the U.S. that are just in a terrible spot, right, and the world at large. But they don't have the hope that we have. So there's going to be all kinds of opportunities as the world continues to shake. And by the way, I'm a believer that there will be revival in this country. I believe it's coming. And I would tell you that one of the reasons God wanted me to deliver this message to you is not just to say, hey, there's chaos and it's out of control. I, I, I'm not going to get into politics, but I, we've seen that when America is unstable, the world is unstable. And God has a heart for all people in the world. We know that, right? But one thing is true. America has to be repentance yeah that and we have to be stable and we do have to repent that's a good thank you thank you lord thank you andrew um but i think as andrew and i talk about that we've had four years to kind of see what happens right no don't go there <laughs> um but it's but but now i think god's going to bless the country return us some stability but i would tell you this that that stability is a time where the lord is going to reach out to people and really move and i believe there's going to be revival in the u.s and there's going to be revival in other parts of the world and that's another reason why we have to be all in, cleaned up, and ready to serve. Because here's the deal, right? And you're going to see this in a minute. <clears throat> God's not going to move through people that are not cleaned up. I mean, when you're in sin and you're walking the other way and you're, you know, hey, thanks, God, I appreciate your input, but I'm going to go do this, X, Y, and Z. You don't normally hear from God much when you're on those little trips, do you? But we're at a time now where he wants to use us and we gotta, we got to step up and take our faith to a whole nother level. Ephesians 1.17, I keep asking that, the, and this is a prayer, and this would be a prayer that I would pray over all of you today. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. 
that is one heck of, of a scripture. It gets better. Ephesians 1.18, next two verses. I pray that the eyes of your... And this is Paul, right? This is Paul. I pray that the eyes of your heart... And it's amazing when you get in the Word. And I'll tell you, I've read some of these scriptures a million times. And now that I'm kind of closer to the Lord, walking, following Him, listening, teachable... Man, these things are coming alive. Coming alive. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Calling, purpose, the riches of his glory, glorious inheritance, and his holy people. We are to be holy. Right? Yep. And if you're going to be on the program, you're going to get holy. You're going to, and now listen, we all fall short of the glory of God. Right? My mom told me that when I was little, and I've kept that you know, in me all my life. And we do that. You know, we're all going to do it. But the Lord knows where your heart is. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. Power. Power. And the Lord, we don't really understand the spirit that we have in us. So let's look at what that spirit can do. The power is the same as, as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. We have the ability to tap in to supernatural power. And I will tell you, you got to get cleaned up. And when you do, the Lord is going in the, in the days, months, years ahead. Many of you sitting in here today are going to be able to move in the gifts of the Spirit. There's no doubt about it. And that's my prayer and hope for you. Um, and there's pa- we, the power at our fingertips is amazing. But I, if you're like me, you haven't really thought about it much as you've gone about living your life and doing your thing, right? But I would tell you, it's time to kind of sit down and dig in and understand who we are in the giftings that he put into us when he saved us, Right? Our response, a healthy fear of the Lord leads to greater intimacy. I can, many of you know that already. You're you're like, I got it. I got it, Marty. Check the box. But I'm, you know, you can tell I'm pretty excited about all this because I've, you know, been in and out my entire life. And now I'm in a place where I'm all in. And it's true. I mean, I, I didn't have the kind of fear of the Lord that I needed. But I've got it now. And again, that book, The All of God by John Brevere, will really, really help you. If you're a hardhead, A-type personality like me, and you struggle with that, being obedient, man, gra- grab that book. It'll change your life. Spend time with God in his word. And I would just to give it to you. That it's just simple, right? You spend time with him. You carve out time in your day to do that. He is going to push out of your life everything that doesn't belong in your life. He's going to, I'm going to say that again. You spend time with him and his word and you're committed, your heart's committed, your mind's committed. He's going to push out every bit of crap that's in your spirit and in your heart. And then you're going to hate with a passion what he hates. And so many of us haven't been there but you got to get there that's it, it's critical prayer and fasting fasting do it when the lord tells you to but when he tells you to do it like he did me about six months ago 
Do it. It's a powerful thing if you haven't done it. And I know that this church, when I was was here steve steve has done that there's been church you know fast here as a as a congregation but i would say as you kind of lean in with the lord if he tells you to do it and you're able to do it some people cannot do it right but you're like i'll give you a tip food line apple juice and grape juice like i have to have sugar right and i need something to sustain me and energy keep your energy level up etc so i've always found uh that really works for me and then you want like i said earlier you want to have you want to find your refuge in the lord you want to live up under his wing particularly in these days who doesn't want to be blessed when we don't know What's around the next corner? How much chaos is coming? I think there's a ton of, well, there's already a ton of chaos in the world right now in 2024. I think it's going to get worse this year. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of uh, things going on. Many of, some we know of, others we don't know of. They could take our, the power grid out. They could take down our military satellites. That one turned out to be a bit of a falsehood. I think we saw that as that unraveled this past week. But listen, Gog, Magog, Russia, China coming together, Iran, and what does the Bible tell us that those countries will do? They're going to be at the Battle of Armageddon, and we're starting to see that alignment between those countries they're working together sobering right what's that yeah yeah he'll be there all right no doubt um isaiah 26 3 so as you get to this place he will keep you in perfect peace for those minds that are steadfast and trust in him right Great scripture. Six, eight through nine. When you get to this place, when he has a need and he wants to, he asks you to step out and do something, could be in your comfort zone. It may not be in your comfort zone, but you're, you know, I think you'll get to a place where you're like, hey, I'm ready. Send me. I want to go. I want to, I want to help. Now this, I put this in here because I think it's an incredible story, right? Uh, it's Esther, it's Mordecai talking to Esther. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all Jews will escape. Yikes. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. I'll stop right there. Remember, I talked a minute ago about free will, right? God may tell you to do something, put you in a place specifically to do something, and he tells you what to do, and you say no. Don't say no, (laughs) number one. But here's what will happen. You may opt out because he's given you the free will to do that. Now, I don't think if you're in the play, if you're all in and you're close to the Lord, I think you'll be, you'll be ready to roll. But if you're, if, if you're not, he's going to find someone else to do that job. Someone else will rise up and take, it's not like he has a need and you're saying no, and that need's going to go unfulfilled, unmet. He's going to put someone in there, but he wants you to be the one to do it. So Mordecai's saying that, but you and your father's family will perish. If you say no, this is an extreme situation, but I think it's a great illustration of the point, right? 
you may not perish, but if you opt out of something and you, you go the le- you know, fork in the road, you go to the left and the Lord wanted you to go to the right, there's consequences sometimes for, for going down the left-hand side of the road, right? And, of course, this, the scripture we know and have heard a ton. And who knows that you have come to your royal provision for such a time as this. We were born into this time, this age, for such a time as is going on in the world today. God predestined foreknew us before the beginning of time, and he chose to put us right where we are today. That is powerful stuff, right? Now, what we've all read these scriptures a lot. What I found fascinating is the next scriptures. Esther says to Mordecai, go gather together. So she could have said, you know, Mordecai, I'm going to opt out. That's just way too much. But here's what she says. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Pray for me before the Lord, right? Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendants, we're going to do the same thing. And when this is done, the three days are over. I will go to the king, even though it's against the law to do such. And listen to what she says. And if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. Now, I thought this message was done right there the other day, but I got on an airplane to fly to Tampa for a business meeting at Publix headquarters in Lakeland, had the opportunity to go down there and connect with their leadership. And I, I read, I, I really, my heroes of the faith beyond Steve Bishop. I'm on record of saying that. I love that man. Um, and uh, Dr. Charles Stanley and Dr. David Jeremiah. So I'm, I'm reading Dr. David Jeremiah's devotional on Wednesday morning. And the Lord sh- said, this is your clothes for Sunday. And I'm like, I read it. I'm like, this perfectly sums up the ground that we just covered. For the grace of God has appeared. He's talking to Titus, who's on the island of Crete, off the coast of Greece, right? For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, the present age that you and I, they lived in, but certainly the one we live in is full. And it's of worldly lust, and it's only getting worse, and we see that every day, right? And then follow up. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing in the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And that gets back to the Lord's coming. When the Lord comes, and I'm not going to sit up here and tell you when he's coming. Do I think he's coming soon? Yeah. What soon? Five, 10, 15 years? Maybe. Feels based on what we're seeing in the world, but we don't know. And we're not to live our lives worrying about that. We're to, we're, we're to live our lives doing what I'm talking about and what's in the Word of God, right? And while we wait, purify yourself, eager to do what's good. And you know and I know that when you've got sin strapped to you and your spirit, you're not all in. 
And you may not be eager to do what's good because you're a double-minded believer. That's, you're lukewarm. You love the Lord one day, the next day you don't. Okay, so here we go. We're going to tie it one more. Then, these then are the things you should teach. Okay, so now you know what to do. Now here's the call to action. He's telling Titus that you know this is what we're about. Let's go teach. Let's let's encourage and rebuke with all authority. We have it. And if you're all in and you're in this, if you're in a ministry in this way, you're going to have that authority to do that. And then, and don't let anyone despise you. And I would tell you, the Lord gave me a word, boldness. If you're like me, in and out, in and out throughout my life, in, in terms of my commitment and my boldness for Jesus. But I'll tell you, we're living a day right now where he wants you to be bold. If he gives you an opportunity, put someone in front of you that needs to hear about Jesus, you got to be bold. You got to step in and do it. So don't let anyone despise you. Be bold. Don't be rude. Don't be aggressive, but be bold. Have confidence that when you step out, you, he's got your back, right? And this is the last slide. So... Uh, so what's our response? Getting back to the kind of the overarching theme here. In chaos, born for such a time. We're here. <laughs> we could have been living, you know, we could have been in a wagon train going across Oklahoma in the late 1800s. But God said, you know what? I want Ronnie. I want Andrew. I want... The team, I want this team on the field at this time. And I think Steve said this the other day. I listened to a message he did, I think, two weeks ago, where he talked about where to be peace, peacemakers in the midst of chaos, right? And provide direction, etc. I thought that was really good. If you're doing all these things we've talked about here, you're going you're gonna to be set apart. And you'll, you'll, you're, someone's going to come up to you and say, I, I need to know what you've got. Because I need it. And I would tell you during revival, and I believe in prophecy. And I, I think, you know, I may have said this before, but you're going to be in the you're, two, three, whatever. It could be tomorrow. It could be next week. You're going to be in the grocery store and someone's going to walk up to you and say, I need to know what you got. And then... You may be in the grocery store and the Lord may say, you need to talk to that person over there. And you're going to know clearly that it came from God. And you'll, if you're like me, you'll figure out a way to say, hey, hi, whatever. You got to do it. Be the talk of heaven and not man. And I'm going to, it's a kind of a, a, a hard way to, to, to land the, the message, but it's, a, but it's something the Lord said to me six months ago. I put you in this time and you have done an incredible job earning the respect of man. But now I need you to be the talk of heaven. That was, that rattled me to my core 
Because we're all going to stand in front of Jesus at one point in time, right? At the end. And uh, I've always been one of these people like you are. You don't want to be in front of the Lord Jesus and have him, you know, get on you, right? Hey, you could have done this. You could have done that. And yeah, we all missed opportunities and I missed my fair share. But in the end, (laughs) you want him like... When I came and put the hammer down, which he did with me six months ago, I want you to be all in. And when he put that on me, I was like, oh boy, that's not a compliment. I've been too focused on man and the world. And I've done some, again, I've led people to Christ and all that. And I think he appreciates that, but I haven't shown the consistency in my walk And I haven't had the fear of the Lord each and every day that I've lived. So what have I done? I've wasted a ton of time. And the Lord is really impressed on me. We don't have time to waste. We have to really lean in and and get closer to him. And and it's for, yeah, it's to serve him. But it is going to clean us up. He's going to bless us. We're going to be living under his wing in chaotic, crazy times. So you may not hear that from him like I did. But I will tell you, if he said it to me, he probably has this. He would share the same words with others. And I think that is a pretty good descriptor in some quarters of the way a lot of people live their lives. One foot in the kingdom, one foot in the world. And you're lukewarm. And I think it's time for us to kind of, like I said, raise our game and be bold and uh, be prepared to help others, right? Others that don't have the, the gift that we have of salvation. So I hope you enjoyed it. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your presence and worship today. Thank you, Lord, as we had this conversation as a group. Lord, I pray that you've touched minds and hearts. And as we kind of beat this up, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. And we don't want to disappoint you. So with each and every one of us, Lord, just grab a hold of us and draw us closer to you. And I just pray that prayer for over this entire congregation. Lord, we don't want to disappoint. So just continue to work in us and work through us to reach others for Christ in the coming days, weeks, months, years ahead. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.